भद्रम कर्णे भी शृणुयाम देवा भद्रम पश्येमाक्षभर्यजत्रा स्थिरंगुष्टुवागुंसस्तनु व्यशेम देवित स्वस्ति न इंद्रो वृद्धश्रवा स्वस्ति न पूषा विश्वेदा स्वस्ति नस्ताक्षो अरिष्टनेमी स्वस्ति नो बृहस्पतिर्दा ओं शातिशातिशा So, we are on the fourth chapter and uh, just to catch up on what has been happening, just a minute. Yes, just to catch up on what has been happening. Gaurapada has been deal, uh, dealing with a number of opponents to his non-dualistic philosophy and the last one he tackled was the Buddhist subjective idealist, um, Buddhist Vigyanavadi, you know, the one who thought that everything is within consciousness. So he used the arguments of that Buddhist to, to defeat the other Buddhists who, who think that there is a world outside uh, of, of consciousness. So that realist approach is refuted by using the arguments of the subjective idealist. And then finally, in verse number 28, chapter 4, verse number 28, I think this is where we stopped last time. Um, so there he uh, now refutes the Buddhist idealist uh, directly. The only difference, the major difference between the Buddhist idealist and the Advaita, Gaurapada's own position is this. Gaurapada also considers everything to be within consciousness and the Buddhist idealist also considers everything to be internal or within consciousness. There is no external reality. So why would Gaurapada want to refute the Buddhist idealist, the Vigyanavadin? Because the Buddhist idealist considers consciousness to be momentary, arising and then dying and then another consciousness, momentary, moment to moment, flashes of consciousness are coming and going. And that, they think, is the correct description of reality. And in each flash of consciousness is the content of that consciousness. So this is what we talked about last time. I think we talked about some of the arguments against it. Basically, in the 28th verse, Gaudapada says that uh, consciousness is not born. O Buddhist, you are saying that um, consciousness is born and dying moment to moment. Every moment consciousness is born and it dies. And next moment, a new consciousness comes up again. No, that is not true because uh, origination, being caused, the causality itself is illogical, which we have already seen. There are multiple reasons why consciousness cannot be born, cannot change and cannot die. Look at, let's look at the verse number 28, which is, I think, where we stopped last time. Tasman na jayate chittam chittadrishyam na jayate tasya pasyanti ye jatim so consciousness has no birth and things perceived by it also are not born. Those who perceive the birth of consciousness may as well see footmarks in space itself. 
basically what did he say just say that what we perceive in consciousness what we what we experience what do we experience everything everything in our waking states and everything in our dreams are all seen in consciousness and those things are not born how do we know all the old arguments which uh, we have seen earlier things cannot be born of themselves things cannot be born of something else things cannot be born of reality things cannot be born of the unreal and so on all those arguments nothing ex external is born at all then what is being said what are all these things then what you see in waking state what we see in the dream state what are they then they are all appearances in consciousness they are not something separate from consciousness that was established and in this verse what he is saying is consciousness itself is also not born this the question does not arise that consciousness what you are saying o buddhist subjectivist that uh, consciousness is born and dying moment to moment that's impossible for reasons stated last time and earlier also and those who think that consciousness is born and it dies um, try to understand consciousness in that way he uses an uh, a sort of exotic example here might as well try to catch hold of uh, the footprints of the birds in the sky uh, which means it's impossible all right we'll move on now verse number 29 so what's going to happen now um so from verse number 29 to verse number 46 what's going to happen is gaudapada is going to restate his conclusions the teachings of advaita which he did in uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3 the whole thing he will restate in his, in his own uh, fashion which is basically always an attack on causality that uh, the effects are never born so there is no cause there is no cause and effect the reality is turiyam the pure consciousness so this thing will be taught from verse number 29 to verse number 46 with the help of examples and you will see many of those things we have come across earlier especially in chapter 2 vaitatya prakaran a long time ago um so what i will do is i will speak at length i'll um, uh, take up each of these verses one by one translate it and then explain it and move on halfway through i'll stop and see what questions have come if there are hands raised and comments in the chat and then i'll resume again as i said i'll move a little fast this time uh, one reason is of course trying to finish it but also because many of these things have been uh, covered earlier before i start though let me tell you this something interesting once i was walking in the uh grasslands of africa vast grassland um shrubs and grasses all around little dry and once in a long distance here and there some trees and i was walking and i was all alone and then in the distance i saw something moving towards me as i looked closely and i was beginning to feel tense what is it and it was a lion so there actually this big lion and was rushing towards me I was of course shocked and I was desperately looking around what to do and I saw a tree in, in nearby and I ran towards it and the lion was gaining upon me it was this big lion with a huge mane and all and I climbed the tree uh, and lions also can climb the tree they are big cats so as I was climbing the tree I saw ba uh, behind and the lion was climbing the tree with his huge face and big mouth and I was so terrified after a while I couldn't climb anymore and the lion was gaining on me there is nothing i could do i was looking back and look terrified and very tense and uh, 
uh, I automatically started calling on Sri Ramakrishna. I just started chanting Jai Ramakrishna, Jai Ramakrishna, Jai Ramakrishna. And I woke up. Of course, it was a dream. I woke up. Now, after I woke up, I thought, wow, this is what Gaudapada is talking about. Not only that dream, but this world which we inhabit, this waking world, Gaudapada is trying to make the case, it's like that. Uh, neither the planes, the place where you were, the space, the planes of, uh, of Africa, that time, whatever it was, nor the objects, tree, lion, not even the body which I saw in the dream. None of them were anything real. What was real there? The only thing that was real was the dreamer's mind, the mind which produced that dream. That was the only real thing. And uh, um, very interesting, when the lion of samsara chases us, uh, we first try some worldly means of escaping it, running away, catching or get climbing the tree. And when every worldly means fails, we are helpless. Uh, there is disease and death and terror and failure. And there is no way of being rescued. We start calling on Bhagawan. Now, at that moment, if you are really lucky, like I was, then Bhagawan will bless you. And the blessings will be, you will snap out of the dream of samsara. The whole problem will be solved at one, one blow. If you are not all that lucky, if you have some good karma, Bhagawan will still bless you and save you from that lion. The dream will continue. Maybe the hunter will shoot the lion, the lion will think this fellow is too skinny to eat and will go away. And so, some, the dream of samsara will continue. But you will be saved temporarily. Death and disease and those things will keep coming. But really good karma or real grace of God is which takes you out of the dream of samsara, enlightenment, God realization. Also another thing you notice is that in that dream I did not sit down and start taking, now lion is chasing me, now let me bring out my mandukya karika and see what it says. Uh, and let me do Panchakosha Vichara or Drik Drishya Viveka or Avasthatra, the analysis of three states. No, I desperately called on God and the Advaitic knowledge or at least the dream to waking up, that was given by the grace of God. I snapped out just simply not by my own effort, but by the grace of God. This is a great truth. Even if we don't go, we read all these things, but by deep devotion and prayer and holding on to God alone, that Advaitic realization God gives. Yeah. Sri Ramakrishna said, My Divine Mother has shown me everything, what is there in Veda Vedanta. So that is a clue, a, a very important uh, message for us. Directly by devotion also, this knowledge can come. I know in some cases where this has actually come. They have got Advaitic realization by doing Mantra Japa and devotion to Ishtadevata. Okay, with this background, let us go on. Verse number 29. Now, so what's going to happen? A restatement of Advaita Vedanta teachings with the help of these examples. Ajatam jayate yasmat ajati prakritastataha prakrite ranyatha bhavo nakathanchit bhavishyati. Translation That birthless thing that is according to these other philosophers, that, that thing only takes birth. Birthlessness is its very nature. So, the change of this nature is, can, is not possible in any way whatsoever. That's verse number 28. Brahman is changeless. So, Brahman cannot be a cause of the universe. See, to be a cause you have to change. The seed has to germinate. So, seed has to change into, in, in order to become a plant. 
the milk has to curdle to become curd. So, the cause changes into effect. If Brahman cannot change, then Brahman cannot produce any effect. Not only that, in that case Brahman cannot be a cause. So, Brahman is neither a cause nor an effect. Karya Karana Vilakshana Brahma. Vilakshana means separate. The Sanskrit term meaning other than. Brahman or Turiyam is apart from Karya Karana. In the context paradigm of the Mandukya, what is Karya effect? The waking and the dream states. Waking and dreaming are effect and the deep sleep state, um, Sushupti, is cause. But what is Turiya? Neither effect nor cause. And you say, so what? You are that Turiyam. You are neither an effect nor the cause. We think we are Jiva, effect. And God is the cause. You are neither the Jiva nor the Ishwara. You are the reality behind Ishwara and, and Jiva, Turiyam. Nothing changes its nature. Its essential nature is not changed. So, consciousness does not change its essential nature. It always remains the unchanging consciousness. Then number 30. So, this is the speed at which I will proceed. Number 30. Anaderantavatvam cha samsarasya nasetsyati anantata chadimato Mokshasya na bhavishyati. Translation. If world, samsara is beginningless, its termination will not be achieved. And there will be no eternality for liberation that has a beginning. What does it mean? In using the example, you will see. Um, using the example, you will see that. The, the meaning of this uh, verse. If samsara has, is beginningless. Where does this question come, beginningless samsara? Remember, we discussed about karma theory, which is earlier. Body is earlier or karma is earlier. Is there a chain of body and karma? Is it a beginningless chain? And so on, all these things we discussed some time ago, few classes ago. So, samsara is beginningless. This is how it is actually taught in Vedanta. So, as usual, Gaudapada is going to smash everything. If samsara is beginningless, then it will not have any end. Uh, that generally things which are eternal that means beginningless are also endless that which does not have an adi beginning also does not have an anta so adis anadi is also usually ananta but suppose some so if there is no end to samsara what is the problem problem will be there is no some there is no moksha there is no freedom there is no point to having mandukya classes if samsara is beginningless now if somebody says yeah samsara is beginningless but it has an end by the grace of god you know, like you woke up from that dream, by the grace of God, we will wake up from this nightmare of samsara. Uh, then what will be the problem? The problem will be, then your moksha, uh, by the grace of God, I will get moksha. Then moksha will have a beginning. Till now there was samsara, now there will be moksha. Do you remember this argument came earlier actually? So up to now there was samsara, now by my sadhana, by the grace of God, I have got moksha. Samsara is finished, moksha has started. If moksha has started, you are in trouble. That which starts will end. That which is born will surely die. Bhagavan Krishna has said, Jatasya hi dhruvo mrityu. That which is born, death is certain of that. If moksha is born, if moksha starts at one point, in that case, moksha will also come to an end. And what use is that moksha? Temporary moksha? No good. So, uh, samsara has neither... Samsara is not real. It's not a real samsara. Think about the example. 
when i woke up from that dream nightmare what did i realize did i realize until now i was living in africa and i was being chased by a lion now by some magic god has rescued me and put me in new york uh, in vedanta society on the bed did i realize that from now on i'm free of the lion no i realized i was never in africa never chased by a lion though it looked like that it looked very much like that at that point on the tree i was climbing and lion was climbing after me if you told me all oh, this is an appearance i would not listen to you when but it looked real to me but at that time also it was not real when it looked real felt real uh, i was also really really scared at that time it also it was not real um it was an appearance so moksha was always there i was always free of that lion i was in uh, bed bed safely in vedanta society in new york all the time similarly turiya is always free it does not get moksha so what is moksha it is the removing of the misconception it is enlightenment what is enlightenment it is removing of the misconception that we are bound so removing of the misconception of bondage is moksha uh, and that moksha is always there bondage never there so that's why they say advaita vedanta it removes the bondage which was never there and what does it give you it gives you the moksha which you always had so that is <laughs> advaita vedanta nivrittasya nivritti praptasya prapti nivritta means which is ne- which is always removed or always uh, destroyed always negated that which has always been negated is negated by vedanta praptasya prapti means that which you already had now you are given that by vedanta but the whole uh, play is one of ignorance and knowledge of realizing it and not realizing it mm-hmm. now let's go to verse number 31 आदे चयनास्ती वर्तमे तथाईसदृशा सन्तो अव लक्षिता दैट विच डज नॉट एक्सिस्ट इन द बिगिनिंग एंड द एंड डज नॉट एक्सिस्ट इन द मिडल दो दीज थिंग्स आर सिमिलर टू दि अनियल दे सीम टू बी रियल दिस वर्स इज वेल नोन it is from uh, the second chapter sixth verse of second chapter just repeated here so samsara is unreal even if it is experienced again look back at the example the lion which was not there earlier and after waking up also is not there but when i was seeing it it seemed very real though unreal it seems very real samsara though unreal it seems very very real um adavantecha yadnasti that which is not there at the beginning that which is not there at the end our normal way of our ordinary way of understanding is yes we know people are born before birth they are not there at least we don't see them people die and after death they are not there so at least we don't see them they may be there but in the in between we are sure they exist after birth and before death they do exist all the things which are produced Uh, all the gadgets and places and things like this before uh, their existence before their production they were not there after their destruction they will not be there but during their uh, in between production and destruction they do exist this idea alone brings up samsara we think that there is a real creation and a real destruction this is what gaudapada is arguing against he says when the pot has been created from the clay 
actually no pot has been created. You know this example very well. When we investigate the pot, before the pot was made, it was clay. But during the existence of the pot, when we investigate it, we find it is clay only. It has a name and a function and a use, nama rupa vyavahara. But the substance is clay only. It was clay, continues to be clay. And when the pot is broken, what remains? Clay only. So, the pot which was not there before its creation, it was not there after its destruction. What Gaudapada is saying, in between also, when it seems to be there, it's not really there. The lion which you did not see before going to bed yesterday, the lion which you did not see after waking up from that nightmare, in that nightmare also that lion which you were seeing, was it really a lion? No. Was it really there? No. COVID-19, which was not there, at least to our knowledge, before December, uh, which will not be there hopefully after some time. Right now, of course, it's terrible. Godapada will say no. Then what do you mean? What is here right now? About the dream, we can understand what you are saying. The part, to some extent, we can understand. What is here right now? I can understand how the clay is the reality, but part is only a name, pot, a form like this, and a function. You can put water in it. But what about this world? This world is also name and forms and activities, functions, relationships. Then what is the reality? Like clay was the reality of the pot. Mind is the reality of that dream lion. What is the reality here? Consciousness. You, the consciousness, Turiya is the only reality. Whatever you meet, whatever you, you encounter, good and bad, external in the world, internal in your mind, all of that is an appearance in consciousness, not different from consciousness. And nothing has happened there. Consciousness alone remains as consciousness. This is the great message of Gaudapada. Once, if we realize this, in the midst of it also, we will be safe. Um, let's go to verse number 30. So, this we have discussed earlier, 31. Uh, that was in the second chapter, this has been discussed. 32. Saprayojanata tesham swapne vipratipadhyate tasmad adhyanta vatvena mithyeva khalute smrita. The utility of those things is contradicted in a dream, therefore, from the fact of their having a beginning and an end, they are rightly held to be unreal. So, these are um, arguments which we have seen in the second chapter. This argument that, no, no, you can't say that these things have, these things are false, because they have utility, the world has utility. You feel uh, thirsty, drink a glass of water, and then you, your thirst is quenched. So, the water is real. It is, you can't say it's like a mirage water. Uh, there is water, it appears to be in the mirage, when you go and see, there is no water there. That water cannot quench your thirst. The real water in my water bottle can quench my thirst. Um, the people of the world, they are real and your um, dream lion may, may be false. It cannot do anything to you except scare you. But go to Brooklyn Zoo, there the lions are there. And th those are real lions. And if you try to mess around with them, they will bite you. So, that is not, uh, not false at all. There is utility, there is actual action in this world. So, isn't it true? Uh, so, utility is utility an argument for reality. If things work, are they real? No. He says, in dream it is contradicted. Utility was there in the dream. 
water in the in the in the mirage and the water in the dream can quench your thirst in the dream you drink that water you feel quenched when you wake up you realize there was no water it was a dream water in the real world right here next to your bed and in your dream you are dying of thirst no water anywhere the water is there in your bed in your uh, bedroom near your bed but you cannot drink that water with water of the waking world no use in dream water in the dream world no use in the waking world or it does not exist at all in the waking world utility though it works uh, so utility is no argument for reality the pot remaining as clay gets new utility when you give it a pot shape and a pot name you can use it to store water or uh, milk or whatever so new utility is there so similarly in the world utility is there activity goes on this is called vyavahara but um, the reality is not altered thereby it does not become a real world thereby in a movie hero comes and drives a car or the robbers are escaping in a car and the and the police are chasing them in their car do the cars work or not yes they work that's why there is a car chase the police car works and the robbers car works and both are uh, rushing along in the road there is a car chase because the cars are working but you will say hey, hold on that's a movie there is really no car no cops no robbers true that's what gaurapada is saying in the movie it is only a light and pictures and sound here it is consciousness alone in which again light pictures and sound are appearing and the great thing is you are that consciousness moving on verse number 33 sarve dharma mrisha swapne kayasyantar nirdarshanat samvritesmin pradeshe vai bhutanam darshanam kutaha all the entities are unreal in a dream since they are seen within the body how can there be the vision of creatures within this narrow space here if you remember these are arguments we we saw in the second chapter in second chapter if you remember gaurapada used the example of a dream and tried to prove that the waking world is like the dream and so just like the dream is false the waking is also false that was the argument so to do that first he had to prove that dream is false um so uh, what you see in the dream we normally say oh, it was dream just synonymous for falsity but uh, philosophically speaking you have to be very clear uh, that it you have to demonstrate why give reason why do you think a dream is false so godapada gave some reasons in the second chapter he repeats them here so for example dream is false because you do not you the people and the places and the things you saw when you wake up you realize it was all in your head but they can't be in your head how can a big lion be in my head it seems like a silly argument but you have to give those arguments why is the dream false you woke up now why do you think that um, uh, you are in new york and not in africa it could be that you fainted you were in africa and the lion was chasing you and you fainted fell down from the tree now you are dreaming you are in new york why do you think so that uh, that was a false thing uh, so when you wake up here you realize there is no lion no africa nothing one reason is i dreamt it in my mind in within myself of course a lion cannot exist within myself um, no matter how big and empty my head is it's not enough space for a lion to exist so samvrita desha space is not compatible and he will say next time is not compatible therefore dreams are false 
just like those false dreams waking world is also false but for a different reason waking world is false because you remember the reasons it is not apart from consciousness that's why it is in consciousness Uh, number 34. It is not proper to hold that dream objects are experienced by reaching them since the requisite time involved in the journey is lacking. Uh, moreover, nobody on waking up continues in the place of a dream. So simple. If I, if I was really in Africa on a tree being chased by a lion, uh, if that was real, then when I would wake up or whatever would happen, I would still be in Africa. But when I wake up, I see I'm in New York. And there was, and I see that I went to sleep three or four hours ago. So three or four hours is not enough for me to go to Africa and be chased by a lion. Uh, that's not enough. So clearly, time is incongruous. Space is incongruous. Where you are dreaming, when you wake up, you don't wake up there. You wake up in a different place. Uh, the time which you saw for the dream, that is not enough for you to actually go and do those things. So for these reasons, dream is false uh, compared to the waking. And then the next one. These are very similar to what we have been doing earlier in second chapter. 35. Mitra sang mantriya. Sambuddho na prapadyate grihitam chapi yat kinchit prati buddho na pasyati. Again, going on to prove the falsity of the dreams. Let me translate. Having conferred with friends and others in dream, one does not get confirmation when awake, and when, whenever, whatever one has acquired in a dream, one does not see it after waking up. So again, why is a dream false? Because Suppose in your dream, you uh, meet a person uh, who is uh, your friend. You go to a friend's place and talk to the friend and um, come back. Next morning when you call the friend and he does not remember the conversation. He'd say, no, we didn't meet. So he does not confirm your uh, uh, meeting him. He says, Sambuddho na prapadyate. What is after waking up, your meeting with the friend is not confirmed. Uh, you are a lawyer and your client comes to you. Sammantra means for consultation. You are a lawyer and a, your client comes to you for consultation. And um, you spend a long time, two hours giving him advice. And suddenly you wake up and you start, it was a dream. But anyway, let me just send him, bill him for two hours. You send the bill. Your client will be furious. That's the last time you will see that client. Say, I'm, I'm billing you for two hours. I gave you advice. What two hours? In my dream. I gave you advice in my dream for two hours. No, that won't work. Sammantriya mitra, with consulting with a friend, is not confirmed after you wake up. Similarly, another thing, he, example he gives is, uh, whatever you get, grihitam chapiyat kinchit. Shankaracharya gives the example of getting gold, etc. Suppose, you win a lottery. You win a lottery in the dream. You're delighted and you rush to the bank and deposit it. Next morning you wake up and you check your bank statement. Nothing. None of it is not one cent it has increased. It might have decreased if uh, some other bills are being deducted. But the lottery deposit is not there. So what you gain in a dream, you don't find in the waking state. 
and therefore it is not to be taken as real. Let's do one more then I will stop and take questions. These are all showing the falsity of the dream. You might say I know that the dream is false, why, why go through all this again? No, because once the falsity of the dream is established, then Gaurapada will show exactly like the dream, the waking state is also similar. Just as the dream is false, so waking is also false. False means appearance. Just as there was no Africa there, there was no tree, no terror, no lion, you wake up and understand that similarly here also, this samsara is an appearance. Um, okay, there are issues which we will take up. Let me do one more because it is related to this dream example. Swapne chavastuka kaya prithaganyasya darshanat yatha kaya tatha sarvam chitta drishyam avastukam. Moreover, the body seen in a dream is unsubstantial since another body is seen to exist. As is the case with the body, so is everything perceived through consciousness and therefore unsubstantial. So here we come to the point. One point. Even the, your body which you saw in the dream is not real. Isn't it? The body which I saw, the, which I was running, chased by the lion and the body which climbed the tree. Then the, I woke up. Why? Why is that body unreal? Uh, Gaurapada says, because another body is seen. Because you are switching bodies. When you wake up, the body in which you wake up is the body in, in, uh, in uh, New York, in the Vedanta society, on the bed here. And you wake up. This body is not the one which you were dreaming of uh, climbing a tree in Africa. That body was maybe sweating and dusty and had cuts and bruises. Uh, maybe half eaten also by the lion. But this body is fine. So, there are two different bodies. Therefore, the body seen in the dream is also false. Now comes the essential argument. You say, all right, all this is fine, but what is your point? As is the case with the body, so everything perceived through consciousness is unreal. Yathakaya tatha sarvam. Everything that you see here. Why? What's the logic? I don't get it. This is the crucial point. This is the point where you have to pay attention. One thing we agree. Everything that was in the dream, Africa, tree, lion, body, events, activities, they were nothing other than the dreamer's mind. Not one thing was there actually apart from the dreamer's mind. True? We agree here. Similarly here he says, there is everything that we see here, not one thing is apart from consciousness. Everything is in consciousness. Just a minute, people are calling. Everything is within consciousness, not apart from consciousness, is in fact nothing other than consciousness. Therefore, not being a separate reality, though it appears to be a world and a body and a room um, and problems and all of that, how, can you justify any of them exists other than consciousness? No. That is what, what has been said so far. All that you see in the waking state, Jagrat Prapancha, all that you see in the dream state, Swapna Prapancha, and that only is there in the deep sleep in a potential form. All those are appearances and disappearances within consciousness. There is not the iota of proof or possibility of proof that they exist in any way apart from uh, consciousness, apart from Turiyam. So what? You are that Turiyam. Not one thing here is separate from you. 
it is you alone appearing with all these names and forms. Just as I alone was appearing as lion, as the terrified Sarvapriyananda running and as the Africa, as the tree, all of that I alone was appearing, I admit it myself. Not one thing was outside me. Same thing is true here. Remember though, the dream is false with respect to the waking. But the waking is not false with respect to waking. Waking is false with respect to Turiya, with, with pure consciousness. As the person in the dream, I could not deny the dream, no matter how much Mandukyo taught me. If you came to teach me Mandukya when the lion was chasing, I would tell the lion, hey, catch that fellow, eat that Mandukya fellow, don't eat me. There I did not feel that this will be of any use. Immediately I called to Sri Ramakrishna, save me. So that within the dream sphere, that it, is, it feels very real and is practically real. Only from waking, how did I make the dream false? By journey, journey from not Africa to New York from dream to waking. How will you make this waking false? By journey. How? What journey? From waking to Turiya. And that journey, how will it be accomplished? By aeroplane, spaceship, how? No, by knowledge only, Mandukya class. By that only. That will show you the Turiya. Okay. Let's take a break here and look at the question. I am sure there are a lot of outraged hands and comments on the chat. Let's see. Um, Pranam Maharaj, yes. uh, you mentioned the word called Advaitic, Advaitic Realization. So is the realization from Advaita and is different from uh, realization through the Bhakti path? I mean, one of the things that in uh, a story that you talked about in one of your talks about Madhushkan Saraswati, he was a, he was uh, in Navadvip and he was teaching, he was, uh, he, he was, Apparently, he was a realized person in that bhakti tradition, and then he became an Advaiti. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that he probably got a new, new revelations or whatever. So, my question is: Is there different from different path of realization? Um, a little difficult to say that. See, what would be Advaitic realization? Advaitic realization would be something like waking up from the dream of the nightmare of being chased by the land to suddenly waking up here, safe and sound in New York. Similarly. Waking up from the nightmare of samsara to Turiya, where you are absolutely secure, there is absolutely no problem. Never has been a problem, that also you realize. Earlier also there was no problem. Somehow magically this nightmare of samsara was there, but it was actually not there also according to Gaudapada. So that would be the re realization. The bhakti realization would be that a certain individuality will be maintained and I become aware of the the tremendous presence of God, of Ishwara, that Turiya alone, which I realize as my own self, there I still have a little difference. I remain as that Jiva, but I suddenly am aware of the gracious presence of Saguna Brahman. The Turiya alone appears as Saguna Brahman. Um, so from Advaita perspective, that would be a preliminary. Uh, Godapada will talk about it. So what about Bhakti? Uh, he, he will talk in the next few verses. We will leave it at that. Next. Girishji. Yes, thank you. Um, Swamiji, I, I have a basic question on, on consciousness. I find myself going back to basic questions again and again. Um, Western philosophers describe consciousness as sort of the feeling of what it is like. 
what is it like to be a bat what is it the taste of chocolate feel like what is the smell of a rose feel like is this is this what it is like type of consciousness different from the universal divine unconditioned consciousness brahman or atman or is it some sort of lesser type of consciousness is there in other words is there an everyday type of consciousness that deals with the reactions from the uh, outward world uh, or is it identical to to brahman and if it is identical then then brahman is really an everyday experience uh, and and that also seems like a a different thing to difficult thing to grasp All right. So my question is is there mm. two different kinds of consciousness right let me true true so answer is short and sweet answer is yes and no <laughs> yes it's no but let me explain it's very it's actually very very precise i mean it's nothing mystical not even difficult to grasp yes there are two different uh, uh, things they are talking about uh, the western philosophers are talking about philosophers of mind Uh, are talking about our present experience what we are experiencing right now uh, so seeing hearing smelling tasting touching um, so uh, like seeing a rose uh, all those uh, like what is it like to like to be a bat thomas nagel if uh, from a bat's perspective but nothing spiritual about it the bat has a uh, has a uh, echolocation uh, sense how what will it be like to, be, to experience that uh, so our day to day experiences what is this thing called consciousness this is what advaita vedanta calls the um, the pramata knower consciousness lighting up the mind mind is thoughts vrittis so consciousness lighting up the mind through that lighting up the indriyas the sense organs and through that exploring the world so um, consciousness plus mind plus indriyas that is your uh, vritti that is your pramata pramata means knower consciousness using the instruments of knowledge is called knower all right so there are two different things the, the other thing is pure consciousness turiya which is the witness of waking dreaming deep sleep which is the ground of reality entire universe appears and disappears in it so it seems very different so that's the first answer yes there are two different things that second thing which we are talking about the turiya the brahman western philosophy um, neuroscience and all they have absolutely no idea about it absolutely nothing it's and that's why it leads to tremendous confusion um, sometimes they are talking about consciousness as such sometimes they are talking about the mind sometimes they are talking about senses these differences are not very clear uh, differences between perception mind and consciousness itself these are very clear when you come to advaita when you come to yoga philosophy for example the distinctions are very sharp very clear and sharp and they are well defined the definitions are not at all clear in in western thought now the second answer is no they are not different where does this consciousness in the mind and in the senses come from according to advaita vedanta it is the same consciousness same brahman aturiyam the brahman aturiyam pure consciousness shining upon the mind which is itself an appearance within brahman is called reflected consciousness that reflected consciousness alone illumines the mind and the senses and all so this empirical consciousness or pramata is nothing apart from the turiya just like the good example is sunlight and moonlight so the sun illumines the world in daytime but in night time now 
uh, the moon shines upon say Manhattan it illumines everything in Manhattan so you say oh, what wonderful moonlight but we know this moonlight is nothing other than the sunlight if there were no sun there would be no moonlight either so for example when the moon is hidden by the shadow of the earth no moonlight if the moon had its own light it would keep on shining no it does not it is only sunlight reflected from the moon which comes and illumines the earth at night so the moonlight is like our consciousness is like the consciousness in the mind and in the senses which is taken as consciousness alone by western scientists or philosophers and there's very good reason for that because that's the most obvious thing to us but just like at night there is no sun to be seen it's only our knowledge of uh, uh, astronomy which tells us that there is actually it is sunlight which is being reflected by the moon but we don't nobody can see the sun at night when uh, on the night side of the planet so in the same way the pure consciousness is not visible here. i mean is not evident here though every bit of consciousness we are seeing like every bit of moonlight is nothing other than sunlight similarly just like the moon reflects sunlight onto the earth the world like the earth is now illumined by the mind but the mind is like the moon in fact in vedanta the symbol for the mind is the moon and the symbol for atma is sun so sunlight that means consciousness is reflected or channeled through the mind and it appears to us our empirical ray that is the same uh, consciousness and the proof of that is as you said brahman then should be an everyday experience if it's the same thing though we don't say everything is lit up by sunlight at night but the fact is everything is actually lit up by sunlight um, i mean astronomically speaking then everything that we are experiencing now is brahman or or consciousness by by brahman's light or consciousness we are experiencing true that's why they say the highest realization kena upanishad says pratibodha veditam matam amritatvam hi vindate when in every experience which experience seeing hearing smelling tasting talking walking thinking loving hating fighting in all experiences one brahman alone shines and this is recognized uh, so that leads to that is that is immortality one wins immortality that is that is uh, advaita vedanta yeah good then uh, who else is there um I wanted to go back to our discussion on Advaita Vedanta and the uh, Buddhist schools. Hmm. So, first question, maybe I missed it, but I, I remember you mentioned that Gaurapada at some point will take on Vijnanavada. But did you also say that he will take up Shunyavada? No, he doesn't. He doesn't take up Shunyavada. No, only in response to Vijnanavada. Uh, Shunyavada, Advaita has a strange relationship with Shunyavada. In some places. Um, it is sidestepped shunyavada in some places dismissed as nihilism which is unfair because shunyavada is not nihilism really as that nothing exists they they also do not say that nothing exists shunyavadis shunyam is taken in its very crude sense as nothing uh, yeah, so that that, that uh, brought me to the second question i had was um, so when you contrast the buddhist schools with the uh, advait vedanta right Vijnanavada and Advaita Vedanta to me again uh, felt very similar because both schools have made the big leap saying that consciousness is everything. It be- it becomes a question now of mechanics, right? Whether it's changeless or whether it's feeling. Correct. Um, 
Shunyavad versus Advait Vedanta is quite fascinating because both of them are very extreme in their conclusion. Yes. Uh, one says God only is, and the other one says uh, void only is. Right? I mean, so, that's a very simplistic way of putting it. My understanding is yeah. simplistic, so I'm trying to like uh, yeah. speak from that perspective. So it's like there are two sides of, of, of a coin, right? Or diametrically right. opposite. Um, so it's like I was wondering because is it because as you said, nihilism isn't why Buddhism became um, so widely popular in the rest of Asia and, and now in, in uh, West. That's sort of the first question, and second was. Would you recommend, a, a, which Shunyavad 101 text would you recommend if you had to? Okay. It's a fascinating... Uh, Very fascinating. Yeah, I've been fascinated by it for a long time. I've been reading about it for 20 years. And in fact, I was very happy to find when I went to Harvard last year, that one of the pro courses being offered was by Professor Garfield, Indo-Tibetan Madhyamaka. Madhyamaka is the correct technical name for Shunyavada. So just as Vigyanavada is called Yogachara, so, Shunyavada is called Madhyamaka, Madhyamaka Shunyavada. So, there was a course, I did a whole course on the entire Indian literature on Shunyavada and the Tibetan literature on Shunyavada. So, nearly 2000 years of Shunyavada. Uh, it was fascinating, uh, which is why I hesitate to give any direct <laughs> answer to it. Uh, your first question was, uh, is, uh, I, I just, uh, One was contrasting Vigyanavada and... Uh, is a question of mechanics, you are saying? Yes, that was the first one. Second was Shunyavad versus uh, Advait Vedanta was like, one says God only is and the other right. one says, you know, void. And it seems they are so diametrically opposite that it's very hard to reconcile. Either you're in this camp or you're in this camp, mm -hmm. which might explain why uh, Buddhism probably... Because it's godless sort of a philosophy that yeah. appeals to a lot of people. Right. So let me just say that uh, the first one, Vigyanavada is uh, a difference between Vigyanavada and Advaita seems to be only mechanics because both are saying that it's every consciousness is everything and everything is in consciousness. Yes and no because um, as they say the devil is in the details. So when you come to Vigyanavada from an Advaitic perspective they are making a huge, huge difference, a huge, huge mistake. The mistake they are making is, they are still unable to separate mind from consciousness. That is why they feel consciousness is flickering. It is the mind which is flickering on the screen of unchanging awareness. So there uh, Advaita has a serious objection and it's not a minor objection. Because uh, unless you do a thorough job of separating Drishya and Drig, seer and seen, you will still be left with a mixture of consciousness and not consciousness, subject and object and still the job will not be accomplished. Though it will become all internal then, but still it is uh, mind and consciousness together. Um, now, nihilism, is it because of that? So you use, use, use two things. Is it because of a nihilistic approach it's become popular or godless approach it's become popular? The two are different. Nihilistic means nothing exists. Neither God nor self, everything is void. But Shunyavada does not say that. Um, that would be uh, a useless position. It will be very easy to dismiss. But Shunyavada, Nagarjuna himself, in the original text uh, of Shunyavada, the Mula Madhyamaka Karika, there he clearly says, we are not saying that nothing exists. Uh, for example, something like the Atman or this universe, for example, or God. What are you saying? What is Nagarjuna's position? 
Do you say it exists? We say no. We don't say that it exists. I say God. Does God exist? We don't say that it exists. So you are saying God does not exist. We don't say that it does not exist. And uh, so God exists and does not exist. That's contradictory. We don't say that God exists and does not exist. So you are saying God neither exists nor does not exist. No, we are not even saying that. So Chatush Koti Vinir Mukta Tattvam, the four logical alternatives are denied and the reality is beyond the four possible conception, conceptions of the human mind. So that's what Nagarjuna is trying to say. Um, but what does that mean? Advaita actually it's not so difficult. If you hold on to it, you begin to see what they are trying to say. Even Vijnanavada. But what Nagarjuna is trying to say has become an object of fascination for uh, philosophers down to till today, especially in the last hundred years or so, advances in Western philosophy. A lot of Western philosophers have become fascinated, not so much with Shankara or with Vijnanavada, but with Nagarjuna. Uh, so you are asking, what is the original text? The original text, foundational text is Mula Madhyamaka Karika. Not original text, uh, Maharaj. Uh, 101. 101. Where, where should, if somebody wants to read I wish there was a good 101. I wish there was a good 101. But all that I have come across till today um, is deep and complicated, complex, controversial. Uh, Nagarjuna is not a philosopher who... See, Nagarjuna has been seen as a Buddhist. Of course, he is a Buddhist. Some say that. No, he is not a Buddhist. He is a nihilist. Some say that. No, he is an absolutist. That He is actually talking about the Advaitic Brahman but pointing towards it negatively. Some say that he is a modern deconstructionist like Derrida. <laughs> so, there's so many views of Nagarjuna. So, it's very slippery. I don't think there is a single 101 book. I can give you a list of books though. So, the Mula Madhyamaka Karika uh, with its commentaries, uh, the best translation I found till now is by, like I have half a dozen translations of that. Uh, and three or four commentaries on the Mula Madhyamaka Karika. There have been commentaries by, at least two big commentaries by Indian philosophers 1500-1600 years ago. At about four or five commentaries, big ones, by Tibetan commentators. So, Mula Madhyamaka Karika, that's, uh, that's the original text. Um, any number of books by, by modern Tibetan writers, uh, I mean they're English translators. Uh, let me see. I have to think about it. I, I, it's just like, is there a, a text that could somehow reconcile Advaita Vedanta? Okay, that you want, yes. Or, or that you want, yes. Uh, write that down. Uh, by uh, T.R.V. Murthy. T.R.V. Murthy, Central Philosophy of Buddhism. It's a classic text. This is the first, this was my first introduction to the problem of Shunyavada and Advaita. T.R.V. Murthy, Central Philosophy of Buddhism, highly regarded text and also makes lot of Tibetan Buddhists and Shunyavad is furious because he says more or less both are pointing to the same reality, Advaita and Okay, um, let's take one more before we move on. Yes, Poonamji. Uh, yeah, Swamiji, like the very fact that uh, we have decided our goal is God realization is also done in the waking state. Hmm. And then Gita also Bhagavan says Avyaktani Bhutani Vyaktamadhyani Bharata. So falsity of this state is difficult to comprehend. Yes. But notice what will be God realization? The God realization will be first of all the reality of God. I realize that God is real. 
I may have vision, I may feel the presence of God. Ultimately, what will it be? That everything that I see, inside and outside, all is pervaded by God. Ghat Ghat me leta Dasharat ka beta. The son of Dasharatha, Rama, is actually is present in every entity in the world. My Gopala is present in every, every being of the world. Shiva, Jnana, Jiva, Seva, Sri Ramakrishna said, all Jivas are nothing other than Shiva. What does that mean? That which you thought was world, that which you thought was human being, man, woman, child, good and bad, all that is none other than Shiva or Rama or Krishna. That means what you thought of the world, the Jiva and Jagat, that is false. That is the falsity of the world. From a bhakti perspective, when you realize all is God and there is nothing other than God, if you realize that, that is what Godapada means by falsity. We will see now, it will come. All right, let's move on. Number 37. Yes. Number 37. Grahanad jagaritavat tadhetu swapna ishyate tadhetu tvattu tasyeva sadjagaritam ishyate since a dream is experienced like a waking state, the former is held to be the result of the latter. In reality, however, waking state is admitted to be true for that dreamer alone and being the cause of his dream. Okay, we are still in dream and waking state analysis number 37. So, what he is saying is, what did we do? Number 37, isn't it? Yes. So, what he is saying is, that the waking, st the, the dream state is an effect of the waking state. This is what we understand. You do not have need Advaita for that. Any psychologist, therapist, psychoanalyst will say, what you dream about is an effect of your waking experiences. Things that we experience in the world with our senses, what we read about, what we think about, especially the things which impact us emotionally, we have a, we are affected by it. Those things come out in the dream, usually. So he says, um, Jagarita Tadhetu Swapna Ishyate. What are, whatever we experience in the waking world that creates the vasanas, and through that vasanas, the uh, dream world is created. Um, and there is another similarity between the waking and the dreaming. In the dream world also, just like the waking world, in the waking world we have subject I and objects and the objects are spread out in space and also continuous in time. The same thing is felt in the dream world. I am a subject experiencing an object, though, though the interesting thing is, though we experience subject, object, time, space. Huh? I am there, the space, vast African plain and there is an object, the lion and it is coming towards me and time is going, I have to run, there is not much time, the lion will catch me. So, time, space, objects all are there, just like waking world, in the dream world also. And because of this similarity, he says, it shows that just as the dream world is false, the waking world is also false. From their respect perspectives, from the from the waking state from the dream state dream is uh, is to be taken as as real within the dream state it is taken as real 
Similarly, within the waking state, the waking um, objects and people and happenings are taken as real. From the perspective of the waking state, you cannot falsify the waking. From the perspective of dream state, you cannot falsify the dream. Only from the perspective of waking did I falsify the dream. When I woke up, I was able to falsify that Africa experience, lion experience. So, and similarly, only from the Turiya perspective, we can say that the waking and dream are both false. He showed the similarity of cause and effect here. He says, because of waking state, we are having these dream experiences. Because the same experiences are reproduced in the dream. Not only that, the structure is same. There is time, there is space, there is subject-object. Then number 38. Utpadasya prasiddhattvat ajam sarvam mudahritam nacha bhutadabhutasya sambhavo asti kathanchana Since origination is not well established, it is declared by the Upanishads, everything is birthless. Moreover, there is no origination in any way whatsoever of any non-existing thing from an existing one. Alright, what is said here? Since the dream state is false, we all agree. Nobody denies that the dream state is false. State is false means the contents of the dream, what is experienced in the dream that is not real, we, uh, we all agree. Similarly, Gaurapada is trying to establish there is no fundamental difference between the dream state and the waking state. Both are appearances and therefore waking state is also, status is similar, that is also not real. If they are not real, waking and dream are not real, then Brahman or Turiya cannot be a cause, it did not produce the the objects of the dream state or of the waking state. If it is not a cause, then uh, Turiya is, is beyond causality. That is what he is saying. Since causality is not well established, he says, Utpadasya Aprasiddhatvat, causality or origination is not well established. Therefore, it is said that the Sarvam Ajam all that you see in the waking state, Sarva Majam, this is a favorite phrase of Gaudapada. All that we see in the waking state is not originated. We think it is all originated. Everybody, all of us, we were born, we have an origin, we have been created. Every item that we use has been produced. This is our common sense idea. The entire universe was created, Big Bang. All of that Gaudapada sweeps away and says, none of this has been originated. No more. Then the lion in your dream, the body in your dream, or the tree or Africa in your dream, none of it. That Africa, was it really part of the world? Was the world in your dream produced by Big Bang? Was the lion born from lion father and lion mother? No. It was all of an appearance in your mind. In the same way, this entire universe, he is not denying Big Bang, but what he is saying, even Big Bang will be an appearance in consciousness. All of this is an appearance in consciousness, sarvam ajam. Then what is it really speaking? Though it appears to be born and existing and dying, but really if it is nothing other than consciousness, then the only reality here is and always was, is and will be consciousness or Brahman. And that thou art, you are that. 
then number 39. Asad jagarite drishtva swapne pasyati tanmaya asad swapne pi drishtva asad swapne pi drishtva cha prati buddho na pasyati Having seen some unreal thing in the waking state and being emotionally affected, one sees it in the dream also. Having seen some unreal thing in dream, one does not see it in the waking state. Just like my example of the, of the lion, by seeing something in the waking state, it creates an impression on the mind. See, the question here was, the question here was, you just said two contradictory things. You said that um, nothing in the dream state is, is real, it has not been produced. And uh, then you said that uh, the dream state is an effect, product of the waking state. You said two, the two things, the waking state produces the dream state, all the activities in the, in the waking create an impression which produces things in the dream state. And you are also saying none of them have been produced, sarva majam. Aren't these two contradictory? You just said waking produces dream and now you say neither waking nor dream are produced. So he is making a subtle distinction here. He is saying, the distinction is this. Just because you see something and it feels real, feels tangible, does not mean it is real. The Africa you saw, the lion you saw, the tree you grabbed and your terror you felt, did they not feel tangible? Yes. But was it real? No. Um, it does not, this is the crucial point, it does not take a real experience, a, a experience of a real thing to create an impression in the mind. One may see horror movie, a ghost in a, in a horror movie, in the waking state, and then dream of a ghost. Now what you saw in the waking state was not real, but it produced an effect in the dream state, that is also not real. What Gaudapada is arguing is, it does not take a reality to produce an effect. It does not take a real thing in the waking state to produce an impression in the waking, in the dream state. You do not have to dream about things in the, in the dream, that does not mean, though it was produced by the waking, that does not mean in the waking there are real ghosts. No. Somebody sees something, by mistake somebody, you know, uh, sees a snake, uh, or, like the like the ghost is a good example, uh, nightmare caused by something that you that you actually never did see, um, Jurassic Park. The child gets nightmare at night. I had a dinosaur is coming. Now that does that mean I saw the dinosaur was produced by something in the waking state? So in waking, actually I saw a real dinosaur. No, false dinosaur seen in the waking state in the movie has produced a false dinosaur seen in the dream state. Similarly like lucid dreaming or VR, yeah, it goes on. Then let me go to 40. Number 40. Nastya sadhetukam asad, sadhasadhetukam tatha, satcha sadhetukam nasti, sadhetukam asadkutaha. There is no unreal thing that has an unreality as its cause. There is no unreal thing that has reality as its cause. There is no existing thing that means a real thing which has another real thing as its cause. How can there be an unreal thing that is produced out of something real? 
you might say, what is he saying here? This is exactly what Gaudapada loves doing, but it's very simple actually. He's saying, a real world cannot be produced from Brahman. There are four options. Asat cannot produce Asat. Asat means non-real. What, what does he mean by Asat? That which does not exist. So, what is producing what? Can a non-real thing produce a non-real thing? No. A non-real thing like the son of a barren woman, the, the classic examples in Sanskrit, or a flower in the sky. These things don't exist. Can they do something? Can they produce some action, some result, some item? No. That which does not exist, how can it do anything? How can it produce anything? So, uh, from an unreal cause, unreal effect cannot be produced. That's one option ruled out. Second option. From an unreal cause, can a real effect be produced? Even more impossible. Um, suppose, um, so unreal, unreal flower in the sky, flower in the kapushpa, flower in the sky, can it produce a real fruit? Of course not. Impossible. Unreal thing cannot do anything. Third, from a real cause, can a real effect be produced? So this is, the, this is how we understand causality in the world. Real cause is there and produces real effect. A real seed is there, produces real plant. Real God is there, produces real world. Or real Big Bang is there, produces real universe. This is what we think. But this has already been ruled out again and again by the pot and clay example. The real, real clay does not produce a second thing called a real pot. The clay, if you take it as real, once a pot is produced, so-called produced, when you examine the pot, you see no second thing has been produced. If it's a second thing, countably second, then you, have to, you can separate the clay one and the pot two. No, you cannot. In the same way, from consciousness, you the awareness, try to separate anything, world, your most beloved person, your greatest enemy, even God, uh, even Sri Ramakrishna, when he is experiencing Mother Kali, uh, Samadhi, can that Mother Kali be, they exist apart from his consciousness? It's only in his awareness Mother Kali appears. If it was apart from his awareness, he could not have experienced. So, a real thing does not produce a real thing. No, that is also not possible. And the last one is absolutely impossible. Real thing produces an unreal thing. Unreal thing is never produced anyway. So, there is no question of real thing producing unreal thing. What has he said here? Asat cannot produce asat. Asat cannot produce sat. Sat cannot produce sat. And sat cannot produce asat. Basically, what he is saying is, this world is an appearance. False world is experienced. Is the same thing as saying, real world is never created. I'll repeat that. No real world is experienced is equal to false world is experienced. No real snake is experienced is equal to a false snake is experienced. No real lion was seen by me. Then what was, I cannot deny I saw something. Then I have to admit what I saw was a false lion, false Africa, false tree, even false body of Sarvapriyananda. I saw it. But it was, if you have, you have proved to me logically that what I saw in a dream cannot be true. Therefore, I have to admit it was not real Africa, not real lion, not real tree. It must be false. False experience of the false is equal to uh, that the, uh, it is the items which you are seeing real, real things were not there at all. All right. Let me go to number 41. Almost done. I will stop after one or two more.
विपर्यासाद्यथाजाग्रत अचिन्त्यान्भूतवत्स्पृशेत तथा स्वप्ने विपर्यासात धर्मास्तत्रैव पश्यति एज समवन ओइंग टू लैक ऑफ डिस्क्रिमिनेशन और और वॉट वुड आई से डिसर्नमेंट मे इन द वेकिंग स्टेट बी कॉन्टैक्ट इन कॉन्टैक्ट विथ अनथिंकेबल ऑब्जेक्ट्स वैन सींग दैम टू बी रियल सो ऑल्सो in a dream one sees the objects in the dream alone owing to want of discrimination this is 41 so in the waking state we come just like in the dream state we come across entities which are not real and we take them to be real so in the dream state a false lion created all the terror for me similarly in the waking state we also have examples of um, snake in the rope or a mirage uh, which are not real yet we treat them as real for the time being as long as we are in ignorance the moment we realize what what it is it has no more effect on us so the whole point is bhutavats prishet prishet means come into contact with relate with how bhutavat as if existing if you treat the world and its problems and its terrors as if existing like i treated that lion which was tra- chasing me uh, then you will be in samsara but when you realize these are appearances then you will not treat they'll still come, come on, keep on appearing see the difference is the moment i journeyed from dream to waking the whole africa lion the whole thing disappeared and i also realized it was never there for an enlightened person when you make the journey from the waking to the turiya it's not that the waking world will disappear and the new turiya world will appear no this very appearance you will realize the underlying reality is you the consciousness that is what will happen appearance will continue are there examples yes mirage or the water you realize it's a mirage water after that when you look back you see it's still water it looks like water so i'm vivekananda that example i had that experience in the deserts of rajputana he looked back and he saw he saw water in the desert he came close to drink it he saw it was a mirage when he started walking again looked back again it looked like water so the appearance of samsara will continue blue sky go to class read physics and optics you will realize sky is not blue after that you look out from the window and look at the sky looks blue it will continue to look blue it will continue to look as if sun is going around the earth but you know it that is not true so knowledge will show you but appearance of the world will continue as long as you have eyes you will see form ears you will hear sound but you will realize i what you hear see smell taste touch is nothing other than the brahman the one awareness which you are so i have written here in my notes fiction or error is dangerous if bhutavats prishet if you come into contact with them as if they are real one more i'm trying your patience yeah so i was really moving fast today let me do one more okay this is an important one alert you might be f- feeling tired of but now a new topic is coming up so what about duality what about bhakti what about religious life all of these things which you are doing gaurapada seems to be dismissive so gaurapada here softens a little he says it is all right उपलंभा सचारा अस्तिवस्तुवादीना 
जातिस्तु देशिता बुद्धेर अजाते त्रसताम सदा instruction about creation has been imparted by the wise for the sake of those who from the facts of experience and adequate behavior vouch for the existence of substantiality and who are ever afraid of the birthless entity the question here is all of your vedanta your own advaita vedanta till now you have been talking about the creation of the world what is brahman brahman is that which creates the world in which world exists into which it is dissolved yeah. um ब्रह्म सूत्र नंबर टू जन्मादस्य यतः अस्य जगत जन्म स्थिति भंग यस्मात तद ब्रह्म योर वेरी डेफिनेशन ऑफ ब्रह्मन इज दैट फ्रॉम विच द यूनिवर्स इज बॉर्न इन विच इट एग्जिस्ट्स इन टू विच इट डिसअपियर्स दैट इज ब्रह्मन उपनिषद स्पीक अबाउट द वर्ल्ड इमर्जिंग फ्रॉम ब्रह्मन लाइक द वेब ऑफ अ स्पाइडर इमर्जिंग फ्रॉम अ स्पाइडर फ्रॉम आत्मा तस्माद आत्मन आकाश संभूत from this very atman akasha emerged from akasha air and air from fire from fire water from water the earth all these things are there five elements were created by god and so and so forth so your own vedanta has been talking about this why you are not denying the whole thing that there is no creation at all he says for little children who are scared trasatam he says <laughs> he says अजाते त्रसताम सदा दोज हु आर टेरिफाइड ऑफ अजात हिज फेवरेट फिलोसफी अजात नॉन ओरिजिनेशन देर आर दोज हु आर टेरिफाइड ऑफ अजात वाई दे फील दैट वी लूज एवरीथिंग एट लीस्ट विथ गॉड वर्ल्ड इज स्टिल देयर गुड एंड बैड नाउ आई हैव अ गॉड टू प्रोटेक्ट मी इट विल बी अ नाइस वर्ल्ड नाउ गॉड इज ऑन माई साइड ईश्वर इज देयर सो ड्यूअलिस्टिक रिलीजन इज स्टिल एक्सेप्टेबल बट दिस नॉन ड्यूअलिज्म इज टेरिफाइंग you are making the world an appearance you are making me an appearance what is remaining then it's like a void whom will i love where where will i have relationships even the en- enemy is not there that also i'll be i'll be so lonely neither friend nor enemy uh, husband wife father mother children uh, grandchildren all of them disappear into one awareness featureless trasatam so narendranath when sri ramkrishna touched him for the first time in his visit to sri ram krishna the second visit um he saw the world disappearing into a shining void he himself is disappearing falling apart and he shouted wait what are you doing i have parents at home and sri ram krishna laughed and he said all right let it be it will happen in its own course so even narendranath was scared in and a lesser vision was shown to krishna by krishna to arjuna in the 11th chapter of bhagavad gita the vision of the cosmic form vishwarupa which is the virat not even the nirguna brahman that of course can't be shown has to be realized the cosmic form that itself terrified arjuna every hair on my body standing on end and he prayed take it away i don't want this so terror these people they vouch for the reality of the world why upalambhat because it is perceived i see it i hear it i smell it i taste it i touch it and then he says samachara because of uh, orderliness law and behavior uh, bill here often tells me gravity waves have been discovered swami there is so much law and orderliness in this universe A deep investigation shows deep structure of the universe that's what he meant by gravity waves being discovered how can all of this be an appearance he says here godapada samachara because of uniformity of experience uh, 
Another secondary meaning is all our uh, Shankaracharya explains um, the Varnashrama Dharma. All that we follow here, my my duties uh, as my caste, as my as husband, wife, as um, Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra, as Brahmachari, Grihastha, Sanyasi, uh, Banaprasti, all of this arrangement of religion, morality, um, spiritual practice even, all of this depends on the world being real and differences being there. So, what does he says, Buddhi by the wise, who are the wise according to him? Uh, Shankaracharya explains those who are Advaitins. They have given a temporary teaching of duality. There is God, you say, oh, thank God, <laughs> there is God, there is God, there is a world, you are there just as you perceive it. Please worship God, have devotion on God. Then what will happen? God will lead you to enlightenment. He comes in the next verse. I will mention that and stop. Number 43. Adhyatetrasatam tesham upalambhadviyanti ye jati doshana setsyanti doshopyalpo bhavishyati. For those who are terrified of the ajata, of the unborn, they deviate from the true path, that means Advaita, by relying on their experience of duality. The faults arising from acceptance of creation will not bear fruit and the fault too will be insignificant. Very important point. He puts it in a dry philosophical language. What he is saying here, you know, suppose you insist, no, no, two reasons, the world is real, because I see it, tangibility. Upalambha means experienced. It is experienced in this way, so it must exist. We already know it, it can't be true. The lion and Africa and all was not true. Utility is not an argument of uh, reality. Um, externality is not an argument for reality. Uh, intersubjective experience is not an argument for reality. Sense perception is not an argument for reality. Our dreams and our errors in the world all are st a testimony to that. In every case they fail. But we still say no, that is too much. I see it, therefore it must be real. It is Africa, it is a tree and a lion is chasing me. This is true, no matter what you say. In that case, he says, accept it as true. Go ahead. But won't this be false? You are according to your Advaita Vedanta, all this you taught so long? Yes, it will be false. It is a deviation from the true path. He means from the path of Advaita Vedanta. What is the word he used? Vyantiye arguing for a false position. You are arguing for a false position. But he says, Jati dosha na setsyanti. Jati here does not mean caste. Jati means origination. The, the defect or the harm from accepting a real origination, which means accepting a real universe, that will not come to you. And the, the, the fault is also, he says, alpa dosha. It is a very small fault that you are committing a fault. But you are still committing a very small fault. What you are taking up is not real, but it's the error you are making is, fall, is small. Why? Because the moment you catch hold of God, that's what you are aiming at, dualistic devotion. That's his point. Moment you catch hold of God, you are actually catching hold of the reality of Turiya, only with a name and form as an object. So the name and form is ultimately not to be accepted by, by Godapada, but it is the Turiya alone you are worshipping. So dualistic religion, here Godapada opens the door. The masters of non-duality have taught dualistic religion, have given their stamp of approval on dualistic religion, 
provisionally, secondarily, to help us. And he, he assures us that the, there is no harm in accepting dualistic religion. The, uh, even logically you are deviating from non-duality. Yes, you are deviating from non-duality, but the harm of deviating from the truth will not come to you. He says, it will not give birth to its results. That means harm will not come. And he says the deviation is very small. So that's, you might find it, you know, dualists will find it very condescending on the part of Gaudapada. So you are scared, that's why alright, I'm giving you a concession and the concession is false, but it will not harm you and it will bring you eventually to the truth. Okay, I'm done for today. Let's quickly go through, although we have gone out of time, now, what you, if, if there are people who are busy and you have to go, I understand, so you can leave, but there, I'll still deal with a few questions because uh, before the questions disappear, this is a very important topic. It's a rehearsal or a repetition of what Godapada has been pushing towards. Let's see. Shashank? Shashank? Abhijit, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Namaskar. Uh, so I had a question which was very related to the verse 42, uh, uh, which uh, is uh, my question was, where is Ajatavada coming up in Upanishads and uh, Brahma Sutras of the Gita? Here. Mandukya. Mandukya is an Upanishad. But where does it come up in the Mandukya Upanishad, the, the Ajatavada? This is an implication. See, no, all this, the is the, this is Gaudapada's commentary on it. That is true, interpretation. true. But a vada is always a, a, a development by philosophers who come afterwards. If I ask you, where does Dvaita vada come up in the Upanishads or Gita? Where does Advaita vada come up in the Upanishads or Gita? Nowhere. Vada means a philosophy, a systematization, a, a system. So the system comes afterwards. If you want to understand Mandukya, this is the interpretation. You are free to argue against it. It won't work. It is Turiya which is the reality because on the lines of the Mandukya itself, this, the, the seventh mantra will show you that there is only one reality and it is non-dual, Advayam, Advaitam. You remember? Prapanchopashamam, uh, Shantam, Shivam, Advaitam. If it is non-dual, then what is all this duality? You cannot deny you are experiencing it. Nobody can deny that we are experiencing duality, multiplicity. Here we are, right now. So much multiplicity. But if non-duality is correct, then what we are experiencing must be an appearance. Okay, so, so the, the logic is that the Upanishads are talking about Advaitam again and again, and if Advaitam has to hold, it has to go through the Ajatava. What uh, Gaudapada is driving towards is, the it's a sort of irresistible, irrevocable logic. If duality is false, Advaitam, Advaita directly implies that duality is false. Brahma Satyam Jagat Mithya, Jiva Brahma But then what is Mithya? Godapada will not let you escape. What is Mithya? Is the Mithya thing, so already we have admitted real thing has not been produced by Brahman. No real thing has been produced by Brahman. Because so all that we, yeah, because of non-duality. So all that we see is appearance. Now you can see how if you follow that up, you will end up irrevocably in Ajatavada. That falsity, has the false thing been produced? Did, was that lion ever born? Was that Africa I saw? Was, was it ever created by the world in the world? Was that world ever created in Big Bang? No, none of that is true. Ultimately. So, so 
Ajatavad implies Advaita. That's why the third chapter, you see the four key words, very interesting. Um, Ajata, non-origination. Asparsha, non-touch. Advaita, non-duality. And Amani Bhava, no mind. And they are all connected. Sushmaji, you had a question on the chat and you also raised your hand. Thank you. Uh, Swamiji, um, you know, I was just feeling that I as Sushma, if I see myself as a wave or as a bubble of the ocean, which is a consciousness, and then if I, I know I'm the consciousness, but there are so many other waves and other expressions of the consciousness meaning other jivas, uh, so-called reality that we see. So it doesn't mean that, you know, continuously there are these expressions in the universe that come up, the Nama Rupa, who then continuously need to uh, sort of have that curtain taken away and know that they are the That is true. That is the way uh, the whole game of life is being played. But once you realize it, uh, he will say, once one realizes it, there is no going back. You once you see it, you cannot unsee it. You will always see yourself as this consciousness in which all these waves of the universe and other, other jivas are rising and falling. Yeah. But then Swamiji, that means this, uh, uh, this knowing yourself and understanding that you are the universe, so like that expression is gone, but that means then it's a continuous moment that will continue with different. Uh, True, but logically speaking, uh, but logically speaking, when you are saying continuous movement, you are in your mind there is a continuously moving ocean. In your mind, it's there. But uh, Gaudapada will ask: Is there continuous movement? Is there actually movement also? Is that movement any different from that consciousness? No. If actually something has happened, then you need an explanation why it happened. But is actually ultimately from, see one is one good way of understanding Gaudapada is always to regard yourself, regard it from the Turiya point of view, from Brahman point of view. What Gaudapada, Gaudapada is always speaking from Brahman point of view, consistently. So therefore, from Brahman point of view, has anything happened? Has a jiva come actually? No. It's from only from our perspective. Jivas are coming, struggling for enlightenment, getting realized, and so on and so forth. So another little jiva has come. <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> With Swamiji, I think you are uh, right. Yeah. Oh, hold. hold on to that. We will see again. Tomorrow we will discuss this. This topic will continue tomorrow. One more. Let's take it. Arjun? Yeah, uh, Maharaj. Pranam. Can you hear me? Yes. So, in your dream example, the one which was climbing the tree, let's say it's the dream person, hmm. is not you. The one who is sleeping and... And yet, is it you. is not separate from me. It yeah. cannot exist without me. Yeah, yeah. but uh, let's consider the dream person is like Jiva. Yeah. In that case, it's not that the Jiva wakes up. Mm, it is true, Jiva wakes up. Why? Isn't it true? No, the... The person who is sleeping and dreaming wakes up. It is true, but the jiva is not separate from that. See, the jiva, you have to remember in the Mandukya system. In the Mandukya system, what is the jiva? Waker, dreamer, deep sleeper. 
and the jiva journeys continuously between these three. It is but the it jiva who is awake, you are, you are the jiva who is awake, you are the jiva as a dream person and you are the jiva in deep sleep and you keep journeying between these stages. No, but in your example, that person who was climbing is not even actually there. Not even actually there and yet the appears. Jiva in that case is not even actually there. But, the, but appearance is there. Appearance, something. The appearance is there. Yes. But it's not the jiva who wakes up. It's the person who's sleeping and dreaming who actually wakes up. Who is the person who's sleeping and dreaming? The jiva. Isn't it? Who is no, the person who's sleeping and dreaming? Take the dream example. Yeah. I, who am the waker, I had fallen asleep and then I was the dreamer. I woke up. I came back into my waking state. But in the dream state, it's like, suppose. You are playing a virtual reality game in that you are walking around in a place and you have what is called an avatar there. Yeah. Now that avatar is not you and yet for the time being you are fully identified with it. You control its actions and all, it, all the activities which are going on. So that conscious... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But Maharaj, what I am saying is that person, the person who was climbing the tree, yeah. he didn't wake up. In one he sense... Was sleeping. Yeah, I who was sleeping, I woke up. But that person who was climbing the tree is none other than me. See, suppose there was another person, suppose there is a lion, you, if you say that lion did not wake up, correct. But if you say that the person who was climbing the tree did not wake up, that's, there's a, there's, it's both true and false. That person does not exist at all. And yet, because I was fully immersed in that person and had forgotten my sleeping, that I am sleeping on the bed. So, when I woke up, you can say that person woke up into his real nature as the, the sleeper. Then you can say the... Lion also woke up? No, you cannot see. Can you see the big difference between the lion and you yourself? Uh, you are the jiva who is experiencing the world, including the lion. But you are not internally identified with the lion. It's an object of your experience. All the objects of your experience, including tree, lion and the world, disappear. And that which you are awakened, you are identified with, that, that um, um, tree climber, that you suddenly realize, no, I am not the tree climber. I am the one sleeping in that bed. I am sitting in the bed. That was your realization. Uh, that's why it is said in this way. Brahma Satyam Jagat Mithya Jiva Brahma Napara. It does not say, Brahman is real, world is false, Jiva is also false. Brahman wakes up. No. It is the, Brahman is the reality, the world is false and the Jiva is none other than Brahman. Otherwise, what will happen is, in ultimate realization, when you wake from the Turiya to the from the waking state to the Turiya, that that's the whole point of this. Then you will say that uh, uh, Turiya woke woke up, but Arjun did not wake up. No, that who that Turiya which thought it was Arjun now realizes it's Turiya. That's it. But Arjun was never there in, my, in that case. I mean, if we take this as unreal. But Arjun, unreal means there are two kinds of unreal. One is the son of a barren woman who has, who has never been there. See, never there, never experienced. No, no, I, 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 it's like I have experienced Arjun, but huh. Arjun is not really there actually. Uh -huh. You have experienced Arjun, but Arjun is not really there. What is really there? I am there. What is that I? Turiya, uh, as Brahman, correct. So, as Brahman, you are really there. Arjun is not a second reality, but Arjun is definitely your appearance. That you cannot deny, you are experiencing it. But, now. What I'm trying to say is everything is my appearance. Yes, but in all that everything, there's one with which you identify internally. That is called the jiva. 
and that the jiva alone is the person who is uh, struggling. Jiva alone wants to come to Vedanta class. Jiva alone wants to realize itself as uh, Turiya. Yeah. So, the jiva must be isolated from everything else because it is the jiva's project. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we have really gone over time. So, what we will do now is uh, that we will take this up tomorrow because we have continuous classes, no problem. Keep it in mind. We will take it up tomorrow. All right. Uh, so, there were questions. Rodrigo has some good questions. Please hold on to them. Can you save those questions and ask me tomorrow because this chat will disappear tomorrow. Um, all right. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupa Namastu